Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. As you know, we have been doing the series of sermons on prayer. This morning we are going to specifically look into the prayer of King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah was a mighty man of God. You know, there were many kings in the kingdom of Judah and in the kingdom of Israel, but King Hezekiah always stands out because he was a godly king. We are just going to read from 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 1 through 11. We can also see a similar passage in the book of Isaiah chapter 38, verses 1 through 8. But we are going to read from 2 Kings chapter 20. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you, you in truth and with a loyal heart, and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened before Israel had gone out into the middle court, sorry, before Isaiah had gone into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add to your days fifteen years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this day for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs. So they took a, and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What is the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up to the house of the Lord the third day? Then Isaiah said, this is the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing which he had spoken. Shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or go backward 10 degrees? And Hezekiah answered, it is an easy thing for the, for the shadow to go down 10 degrees. No, but let the shadow go backward 10 degrees. So Isaiah the prophet cried out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow 10 degrees backward, by which it had gone down on the sundial of Ahaz. You know, we read a, a story or we read a historical information from the book of 2 Kings. There are two miracles that took place in these few scriptures that I read. The first miracle that took place was the healing of King Hezekiah. Now, I just want to, you know, take you back a little into the history to understand, you know, what kind of person Hezekiah was and in what kind of time, that, what, what, what was the period in which he was living. Who is King Hezekiah? You know, Scripture says, King Hezekiah, he was the king of Judah, if you remember, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. 
Israel was the northern kingdom and Judah was the southern kingdom. And Hezekiah was the king of Judah and he became a king, in fact, at the age of 25. When he was the age of 25, he started ruling the nation of Judah and he ruled in Jerusalem for 29 long years. He was 25 and he reigned over Judah for 29 long years. Hezekiah was the son of Ahaz. Ahaz was a evil king. You know, he was just a wicked king. There are, you know, there are many wicked kings in the word of God. And there are also very few handful of good kings. You know, they serve the Lord. Ahaz, Hezekiah's father was a very wicked king. You know, he was just so wicked such that he brought even children and sacrificed children at the altar of the pagan gods and goddesses. Can you imagine? He was such a evil person. He brought children and then he sacrificed them at the altar of the pagan gods and goddesses. Hezekiah was the son of such a wicked king. You know what does it mean? Hezekiah's name means Hezekiah. In Hebrew, his name means God is my strength. God is my strength. Now, there is no wonder when, you know, he was a man of God. He was a good king. He was a godly king. And during this, his reign of King Hezekiah, the prophet Isaiah and Micah, they were ministering in the kingdom of Judah and in Israel. And just a little background about King Hezekiah, the time in which he was living. And what exactly King Hezekiah was doing in that time? Why do we say that, you know, he was a godly king? I just want to, you know, to turn with me to chapter 18. If you have your Bibles open still, chapter 18. There are a couple of scriptures I just want to read for you. Because, you know, these scriptures are very beautifully, they are describing what kind of king he was and what exactly he was doing in the kingdom of Judah. Let's read from 2 Kings chapter 18. Now it came to pass in the third year of Ogiah, the, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David has done. Listen to this. He removed the high places and broken the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden images, and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Nagushten. Verse 5, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel so that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor who were before him. For he held fast to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. The Lord was with Hezekiah. He prospered wherever he went, and he rebelled against the king of Syria and did not serve him. He subdued the Philistines as far as Gaza and its territory from watchtower to fortified cities. You know, he was such a man of God who could bring down all the altars of the foreign gods. All the idols were brought down. He was very bold, you know, in cleaning up the house of Israel because it's all messed up. 
Now his father was a wicked king and he ruled and even the kings ruled before Hezekiah. They were so wicked, so evil and they destroyed the house of God and they brought all the foreign idols and all the idols and the pagan gods and goddesses and put them there. Now the temple was completely, you know, ruin, ruin. The temple of God was completely in ruin. Hezekiah came and just he wanted to do a cleanup in his entire nation. If you remember the bronze serpent that Moses made in the wilderness, whoever looked at the bronze serpent, you know, they were delivered in the wilderness. But that bronze serpent, they carried forward into, into, into Israel and into Judea. And that bronze serpent has become an idol. Can you imagine? People started, you know, uh, giving incense into that idol and started worshipping that bronze serpent as an idol. Hezekiah had a look at it. And he couldn't serve that idol and he destroyed that idol. He completely destroyed. You know, the temple doors of Jerusalem was completely knocked, locked and sealed by his father. In fact, he literally sealed those temple doors so that nobody can enter into the temple of God. Hezekiah came and he opened all the temple doors. He opened all the churches and he asked people to get into the churches and worship God. You know, the priesthood was completely destroyed. God asked Aaron to establish the priesthood that was, deep, that was done. And the Levitical priesthood was completely destroyed by these kings. And Hezekiah brought that. He established and he made priests and made them to you know, go into the temple of God and do the work of God. And think about Passover. One of the many festivals that Jewish people, they need to celebrate every year. That was, that was not a national holiday. He, they, their, his forefathers, they took them away. And Hezekiah came and he declared national holiday during Passover. You know, this man of God, totally he was a different king. He wanted to serve God and he wanted to live for God. And he wanted to establish the kingdom of God on this earth. That's the reason he could bring down all the idols that was seen in that nation. He was, <coughs> excuse me, such a man of God. Now... There came one crisis in the life of such a man of God. Assyrians came against the northern kingdom and they completely ruined the northern kingdom. They brought the northern kingdom under captivity. Now the Syrian kingdom has become a threat to the Judaic kingdom. And Judah was under the threat of Assyrians. Now King Hezekiah, he came to know that Assyrians are coming over him and the good thing that he did on that day, he immediately sent word to the prophet Isaiah. You know, when somebody is coming against us in our lives, there is a place to go, not probably to the lawyer, may not be, you know, to, to somebody else, but there is a place where we can go Probably we need to come to the presence of God. We need to call the servant of God and we need to tell them this is what is happening in my life. Can you just pray for me? You know, yesterday we talked about four men carrying a, 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 a man who was totally paralyzed. Probably you have four of them in your life. They are praying for you. They are carrying you in your difficult time. Probably those are the ones you need to call and tell them, I need prayer at this time. Exactly that's what done by Hezekiah. He called the king, uh, prophet Isaiah and he said, I need prayer. I need prayer. Can you just pray for me? Can you just pray for me? Because I can do things. I'm a king in this nation. It's all true. But right now I need prayer. I need you to talk to God. And I need God's favor in my life. And Isaiah came. 
and prayed to God and prophesied over Hezekiah and said, nothing is going to happen. Assyrians cannot put their hands on you. Your kingdom is not going to be taken as captive by Assyrians. And he promised, he brought the word of God and he spoke the word of God into the life of Hezekiah. Hezekiah also made a beautiful prayer and he was asking God to vindicate. He was asking God, Lord, you do justice, Lord. I'm a man of God. I walk, I fear you, Lord. I walk in your way, so God. But these Assyrians are coming against me, Lord. I want you to vindicate. I want you to do the justice, Lord. He made a beautiful prayer. We see that in 2 Kings chapter 9, 19, we may not go there. But you know what? There was a miracle. God sent an angel and he killed the Assyrians. Not just one, not just hundred, not just thousand. 85,000 Assyrians got killed in the same night by an angel of God. You know, such a great God is our God. When we call upon the name of God, when we seek after Him, when we pray to Him, Lord, somebody is doing something against me, Lord. Someone is coming against my life, oh Father God. Just all that you need to do is just pray to God. God is able to send an angel. God is able to send an angel and He's perfectly able to destroy the work of the enemy. Hezekiah was such a man of God. Such a man of God. Now there comes the second trial probably in his life as we read. Chapter 20 says, in those days, Hezekiah was sick. You know, I just want you to imagine a king who was ruling the nation for 29 long years. For probably close to 29 years. He was ruling the nation in, and taking the nation in a godly way. He took all the stress on himself. He took all the weight on himself in order to bring the nation in godly way. Now, there was a sickness that came in the life of Hezekiah. And scripture says he was sick and near death. He was sick and he was near death. That tells me today there are sicknesses. They come and go. But there are also sicknesses that take someone to death. You know, most of the time when we pray for sickness, we are just ask God to heal. And God heals. There are times when we ask God to heal, but then God doesn't heal. Probably their time has come. They need to go. They need to go. You know, that's scriptural. If God keeps listening all our prayers and healing everybody from all our sicknesses, every time... People are going to live in this earth for ever and ever. Dangerous. Right? More chaos. It's better. Let them go. Let them go. We just pray over them, bless them, and send them wherever their destiny is. Right? So we see Hezekiah, as end has come now, he's about to die. He's near death. And God sent the prophet Isaiah and asked Isaiah, probably they are good friends by now. Isaiah came and knocked the door, door of Hezekiah. And Hezekiah couldn't get up from the bed. Probably his, some of servants or somebody who helps in the palace comes and opens the door. Isaiah walks in. And Isaiah looks at Hezekiah and this is what Isaiah said. Thus says the Lord, set your house in order for you shall die and not live. What a beautiful, what a great prophecy it is from a prophet. Set your house ready. You are about to die. 
you know, you, have, you are in sick bed and you are going to die. That's a prophecy. Do we need that such kind of prophecies in our lives? You know, we need a prophecy that brings blessing in our lives. We need a prophecy that instructs us how to live godly. But never, never ever we want a prophecy that tells us that, you know, you are about to die. And Hezekiah had such a prophecy in his deathbed. And God is making him to, you know, put everything all right. Just want to, you know, divide these scriptures in a couple of, uh, you know, uh, sections. Verse 1, it talks about Hezekiah's end announced. Verse two and, verses 2 and 3 talk, talk about Hezekiah's prayer. Verses 4 to three, 6, the word of God talks about his prayer getting answered. Verse 7 says, the physical remedy that God wants Hezekiah to do. Verses 8 through 11, he expects a sign from God and God gave a sign. Verse 1, Hezekiah's end was announced there. As I said, there are sicknesses around us today. There are sicknesses of death. But you know what? In the midst of the sicknesses, God is instructing him to set his house in order. House represents his own living. House also represents the kingdom because he's a king. You know, I believe God tells us today to set our house in order. Doesn't matter whether we live or die. God is expecting us to set our house in order. I just want you to think about what is not in order in your house. You know, there are many things which are not in order in our house. Maybe our children, maybe our brothers, maybe our sisters, you know, maybe someone in our lives, maybe somebody who are living with us. Maybe the house is in a mess because of such things is, are, such and such thing is going on in our house. God expects us to put our house in order. It means the church, it means our houses, it means the nation, it means the kingdom. You know, when God establishes leadership in this nation, that's what God tells him. That's exactly the word of God towards the leaders of the nations. God wants everybody to put, set the house in order. Here the time comes that Hezekiah had to leave and God is telling him that you need to put your, set your house in order because you are going to die. That also tells me that God has a perfect control over our lives. God knows when to bring us into this earth, when to take us away from this earth. You know, God has the ultimate control and authority over our lives. Our life is hidden in God. We are hiding in God. That means our life is perfectly according to the will of God. You know, God decides, God chooses to tell when the beginning comes in our lives. God decides to tell when the end comes in our lives. And this morning we are listening, we are reading from 2 Kings chapter 20. The precious life that Hezekiah lived and the way end came in his life. Let's move further, verses 2 and 3. Here we see a beautiful prayer by this man of God, King Hezekiah in his deathbed. Just want to divide this prayer into three aspects. They are very beautifully returned. Number one, it was a personal prayer. Number two, it was a prayer of confidence. Number three, it was a prayer of deep cry. Just listen to me. This is our, you know, our, our topic today because we are talking about, we are studying our prayer. The way Hezekiah prayed, it's amazing. It was a personal prayer. Why do I say so? Verse two, then he turned his face towards the wall and pray to the Lord, saying, "You know, when such a such a commitment uh, or such a such a uh, judgment or such an information through the prophet that he is about to die, which came to Hezekiah, 
First thing he did, he made a personal prayer to the Lord. You know, he was just lying down, facing Isaiah, maybe a couple of others standing there, but he turned to the wall. What does it mean when we say that he turned to the wall? He wanted to pray to God. He wanted to cry to God. He did not know. He did not want others to see his cry. He did not want others to hear his prayer. He wanted to make a personal prayer to God. You know, it was a personal prayer that he made to God. I just want you to think about, have you gone through such experience? I'm sure all of us have gone through such experience. When times are so pressing in our lives, when, when, when difficulties are overwhelming in our lives, you know, when we are totally crushed at moments, have you not made that prayer to God? Have you not turned to God asking Him, Lord, did you not turn to God and crying out to Him, God, can you help me in this moment? Hezekiah was in such a situation. He was just making a personal prayer to God. He was just calling on the name of the Lord at that moment. You know, God wants us to do that personal prayer at times. You know, there are times when we, as a corporate, as a church, we pray together. But then God expects us to have a time of personal time of praying to Him. Being in touch with Him. Secondly, it was a confident prayer. Just want you to listen to me. Just overcome the disturbance. Okay? Listen to me. A confident prayer. He was just praying with confidence. You know, the reason I say why he has confidence, you know, he was just referring his life the way he lived on this earth. Just want you to know, listen to this. Remember God. Remember now, O Lord, verse 3. I pray how I have walked before you. In truth. And with a loyal heart. You know, can you just think about him? He was a king. He was in a, in a position. He was in authority. And now he is praying to God saying, Lord, you remember how I walked before you. You know, that's not very easy to tell. We can tell how I am perfect in front of people. That's easy. It's easy for me to tell I do this thing, I do that thing, you know, I am very perfect, I'm very orderly. I can tell many things, but you know, people living with me, they may know, right? But then more than they, and people who are living outside of my, me, they may not know. They think that, oh, he's perfect in everything, unless God reveals them, right? Now, Hezekiah is making a prayer and saying, Lord, how I have walked before you in truth with a loyal heart. God knows who we are. God knows our heart. God knows our desire. God knows everything that is done in dark. God knows everything that people are not seeing. God knows everything. And this man of God, he's having a, he gained already the confidence of God in his life. And he is standing before, he's just lying down and crying out to God. Lord, remember how I have lived a clean life before you. You know, that's a self-testimony that he's able to tell God. When he's able to tell that to God, that means he lived a life that's perfect in front of God. So it was a confident prayer. When we have such a confidence to pray to God, you know, God has to listen. There is no other way. When we come to God and tell him, Lord, Lord, it's me. You know, the way we introduce to God is, you know, just sometimes we come, come to God and say, Lord, I have just come to your presence, Lord. Just me, nobody else. It's just me. Right? You know, when we have that kind of relationship, that kind of, you know, uh, uh, that kind of transparency in front of God, God has to listen to our cry. There is no other way. 
And thirdly, it was a prayer of deep cry. Scripture says he wept bitterly. I do not know whether he was afraid of death. Or I do not know whether he wanted to you know, do the work of God, maybe a couple of more years on this earth. He would have had some beautiful plans for his future. Probably that is not accomplished. For some reason, he wept bitterly. There are not many in the scripture, not many wept bitterly. All that I could think of, another person who wept bitterly was Peter. When he betrayed Lord Jesus, scripture says he wept bitterly. Here we see Hezekiah wept bitterly. That means he just cried from the bottommost part of his heart. You know, his lung would have just about to break. He just cried out to God, Lord, I need your help. You know, Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. He wept bitterly. That's the reason his sweat turned into blood drops. When we weep bitterly, that means our heart is bitter about the thing that is about to happen. He just wept bitterly. God heard his prayer. It was a personal prayer. It was a confident prayer. It was a prayer of deep cry. Verses 4 through 6. That prayer God answered immediately. You know, it's a beautiful scripture. It says, and it happened before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court. Probably he did not come out of the palace yet. He was just getting out. He came, prophet came, and he gave the word, and he went back. You know, just I wanted to know, look at the prophet, the way the prophets operate. Prophet had a word that needed to be delivered. That word was delivered. He's just out. He's just out. There is no time for any other talk. There is no time for any gossip. There is no time for anything else. If God has anointed you as a prophet, stop talking. If God has put a word in your mouth, that he has ordained you as a prophet, talk less. Shut your mouth. The more we talk, we lose the word of God. More flesh will flow through. God has kept that anointing in your life. Do not open your mouth. Just open your mouth when God wants to say something. Now that's very powerful. That's very powerful. You know, when you practice that in your life, our flesh will not overflow. The more we control our talk, God's word can come out. Just only God's word. You know, people will tremble. People will surrender their lives. Because they know this, he is a man of God. He has only the word of God in his mouth. Isaiah, just he came, rushed. He delivered the word. He's just out there. Before he get, got out of the palace, scripture says the word of God came to Isaiah. And listen to this. The word of the Lord came to him saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day, you will go into the house of the Lord. There are a couple of things there. You know, God told him. God told him, first of all, I heard your prayer. When we pray, God hears our prayer. When we pray to God, it's not that he's not hearing, he hears our prayer. Number two, God says, I have seen his tears. Tear is powerful. When we kneel down and pray to God, you know, when God, you know, I would say it's a gift. If you can cry to God, it is a gift. Not many can cry. Not many can cry. 
If God has given tears in your ears, never stop. Cry. Cry. Like Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. You know, Hezekiah cried to God and God has seen his tears. You know, God has bottled all our tears. All our teardrops are counted and they are kept. They, he, like he's collecting, he keeps collecting our tears. For what? To reward us. Hezekiah's tears were seen by God. And God said, I will heal you. Third day, you will go into the house of God. And not only that, God said, I will add 15 long years to you. I will deliver you from the hands of the Syrians. Nobody is going to stand against you. Hezekiah got his ears added to his life. Now let's turn to verse 7. Then Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. So they took and laid it on the boil and he recovered. Now we come to know, probably he had a boil that he got infected so deep in his body and probably, who knows, it may be cancerous. That's the reason probably he's just about to die. And now, you know, the scripture is amazing here. His life got extended to another 15 years. But now Isaiah look at Hezekiah and says, you take a lump of fig and apply the fig over the boil. And they did so. And he got completely healed. You know, my question was, he, life got already extended by God. If God can extend his life, why God couldn't heal this boil? How does it matter that boil is there or not? God anyway had extended his life. But you know what? I see obedience there. Isaiah said for some reason, probably, hopefully, 100% it is from God, take a lump of figs. So they took and laid it on the boil and he recovered you know, I see just physical remedy that is needed there. I believe it's a step of obedience as the prophet told him to do. Hezekiah was willing to do it and there we see complete healing. You know, the ultimate healing comes from the Lord. But there are, there are areas that God wants us to take step. God wants us to take some remedies. You know, I believe that's the reason God has established the medical system. That's the reason we have doctors. That's the reason we have medical professionals we are, who are helping us, who want to help us. You know, God wants us to do what we need to do and God will do his part of bringing healing. But ultimately, the healing has to come from God. You know, even if you are under medication, even if you are under treatment, we need to do what we need to do, but the healing comes from the Lord. Healing comes from the Lord. Verses 8 through 11. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, what is the sign that the Lord will heal me and that I shall go up to the house of God on the third day? Isaiah said, this is the sign I can give you. The Lord is telling you that either the shadow can go forward or it can go backward. And Hezekiah said, going forward is easy. Probably the shadow should go backward. And God did so. And that became a sign. You know, but when I was thinking and I was just preparing, getting ready for this sermon, you know, this was really bothering me. God came, Isaiah came there, he spoke to his life, life got extended, his boil got healed. And what sign you are looking for? You know, that was my question. You know, one thing is to believe, another is to look for a sign. One thing is to just believe the word of God, another is to look for a sign. But you know what? God honors when we ask. Hezekiah was asking for a sign, but God gave that sign to him. 
and God made him to believe more. But you know what? God appreciates if we can just believe in his word. That's what Jesus spoke to Thomas. In John chapter 20 verse 29 we read that. When Thomas was looking for a sign, Jesus told him, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Moses wanted to go to Pharaoh but he was not willing to go. Because he couldn't believe in God. He wanted a sign. And asked God asked him to drop the rod that he was holding on his hand. And there was a sign. You know, at times we look for signs. But Jesus is telling, blessed are those who have not seen yet and believing. This evening, God, this morning, God wants you to believe. God wants us to believe. When we pray to God, God wants us to have faith in God. God wants us to believe that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You know, this morning, I don't know what we are praying to God, but God wants us to have faith in Him finally. It was a beautiful prayer. It was a prayer that God answered. You know, but I find there is one element which is missing in this prayer. One element that is missing in this prayer. Hezekiah failed to submit to the will of God. You know, I, I believe we are in an important moment now. Hezekiah failed to submit to the will of God. The moment the word of God came to his life saying that he is about to die. All that Hezekiah wanted is life back. Life back. But he never thought that what is the will of God concerning my life. You know, knowing the will of God, praying according to the will of God is very, very important when we pray. You know, when we pray for something, it is very important that we pray according to the will of God. You know, in James chapter 4 verse 3 says, You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. Means you ask wrong that you may spend it on your pleasures. You pray and you ask, but God is not giving that to you. The reason why God is not giving that to you is you are asking it wrongly. You know, I'm not talking about those who are praying for job, those who are praying for vehicle, those who are praying for houses, those who are praying for... But, no, but when we pray for a certain specific thing, think about a girl who likes a boy. And for some reason, that's not the plan of God, but she keeps on going, asking God, I can't live without this man. At times, God doesn't give that. Because we know that God, it's not according to the will of God. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 also says this. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. You know, that's the confidence. The confidence is not that God hears all the prayers. The confidence is that if I pray according to the will of God, He hears. He hears. We need to be in good health. That's the will of God. You know, we need to have a good life. That's the will of God. We need to serve God. That's the will of God. There are many things that, is, that are will of God. Easy way to identify the will of God is the word of God. What the word of God says is according to God. When we ask it according to the will, will of God, God hears us. And scripture says he will not add sorrow to it. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. He had, adds no sorrow to it. If we pray anything, if we pray for anything, if we ask anything which is not according to the will of God, we will get into trouble. Look at Hezekiah. Look at the later 15 years of Hezekiah. He asked for it. God gave it to him. But later on, Babylonians 
they sent letters and they sent presents to Hezekiah because they came to know Hezekiah came back alive. It was a good intention that Babylonians, they sent letters and presents. You know what Hezekiah did? Hezekiah invited all the Babylonian officials into his house, into his palace, and into the temple of God. And he, with all his pride, he showed all the treasures that he accumulated over a period of time. He showed silver and gold, all the, you know, all the costly, the expensive things that he had. All the treasures were shown to the Babylonians. God did not like that. God was not at all happy about it. And God told him, the same prophet Isaiah, he came back to Hezekiah because you showed all the treasures that God has given you. Because you are living in your pride, all that what you have shown to the Babylonians, everything will be taken as captive by the Babylonians. God did not like that. The later 15 days of Hezekiah was not a good year, not good years in his life. He was just miserable. Only reason he failed. To ask the will of God. In fact, his son Manasseh came into power very soon. And he turned to be a wicked king again. In fact, scripture says he, became, he was the most evilest king in Judah. All the good work that was done by Hezekiah was completely ruined by Manasseh. In fact, the traditions tell us that if we read the history, history tells us that Manasseh is the one who murdered Isaiah. Isaiah was sawn in a cinder. He was just split into two halves by Manasseh, Hezekiah's son. Why all these troubles in his life? He just slipped out of the will of God by praying that prayer. You know, prayer is good, but prayer is also equally dangerous. This morning, God is speaking to us. God wants us to pray according to His will. How do we know? We need to read the Word of God. We need to listen to the Word of God. We need to sit and ask God, Lord, is it Your will? And ask for the discernment in your life. How many, of, how many lives are messed up? How many lives are going through pain and suffering day after day? Because somebody slipped out of the will of God by praying what they wanted. Shall we close our eyes this morning? You know, I know we all started with a good note of listening to the prayer of Isaiah, uh, of Ezekiah. God healed him. God delivered him. The one very important element that he missed was to ask according to the will of God. When God decided his days on this earth, who was man to ask God, Lord, extend my days? When God brings us to a completion of our life, how dare we are at times to ask as a church to pray and fast for somebody whom God has already decided to bring him to the verge of his life. Remember when my dad was in the hospital for 40 long days. At some point of time when I left, I just laid hands on him and prayed and gave him completely to God. There are many women, men and women, they prayed for him and they said, it's time that you need to hand over him to God. Do not hold him. Do not ask for his life. Ezekiah missed that. 
that same thing is applicable to you in many different areas in our lives what are we praying for shall we just pray according to the will of god just submit it to the will of god there are times that we need to fight with god but there are times that we need to submit to the will of god there are people that we need to fight with there are enemy i'm talking about we need to fight with there is an enemy we need to fight with but when we want to get something from god just give it to the will of god what god gives is the best for our lives and you will give not add sorrow to it some of the sorrows that we are going through today just came into our lives because we asked and god gave today we go through that pain can you submit those areas even to god this morning and say sorry to him can you say sorry to him for those things that you have asked him and now you realize it's not the will of god just say sorry to him nothing can be done now but god will give you grace this morning if we humble enough precious heavenly father we thank you for lord dealing with us this morning through the life of king hezekiah there is so much we can learn today from his life oh there is so much we can learn we came to know that you are a prayer answering god we came to know the importance of asking and praying according to the will of god Lord today give me heart so that Lord can I think to you I will not ask anything to you instead I will submit everything to the will completely I will submit everything to the will Lord just tell him Lord forgive me forgive me this morning father I ask you let your grace abound in our lives hallelujah as we hear these words father one thing that we desire order our steps put us in the right path walk us in the right way in our christian life we may hear so many things lord we may believe so many things but lord eventually we want to walk according to your will according to the word of god this i this morning i pray for clarity lord god i pray this sermon may not cause confusion in our lives but instead this may bring clarity in our lives in the walk with the lord on this earth father i pray for your blessing to rest upon us bless the rest of the week be with us and guard us and protect us we give you glory in jesus name amen hope you are blessed by this teaching please write to pastor balan swaminathan at balan@hipm.org at god bless you